everybody welcome back to the show it's the show oh. episode 11 of the show 11 11 the make big, a wish. the big one one the big twin tower episode we're teenagers now it's our twin tower episode oh yeah baby get it because like the 11 it's like two. right yeah yep <laughs> no other reason that's it um well w- welcome back it's me your favorite host peyton and also here is Austin. Your less favorite host. Your second most That's favorite me, host. That's me, Austin. Um, we touched on it some last week, but uh, it, it obviously I wanted to start out the show on a somewhat of a serious note, get it out of the way. Uh, of course, we touched on the uh, unfortunate uh, conflict, aggression towards Palestine from Israel last week. And at the top of this show... As those horrible atrocities uh, by Israel and the Zionists continue, I want just to quick name out some uh, some some charities that I urge you, if you have the means um, in your listening to this, to uh, consider supporting, because um, I'm sure they could definitely need it. Right, they definitely need it right now. Um, so uh, ones like the Islamic Relief of Canada Palestine Emergency um, Appeal fund and this is through the Islamic Relief of Canada Foundation and they are doing kind of on the ground medical assistance and aid to those affected by the violence um, I love that. in Palestine in Gaza um, Jerusalem etc uh, and all of these links will be in the bio another good one is the rebuilding Alliance specifically they have an they have an area where they um, are raising funds for expanding emergency response efforts um, in Gaza and the West Bank um, for advocacy to keep Palestinian schools, homes, and olive trees standing. So they do a lot with um, trying to help legally um, prevent uh, the eviction of Palestinians by um, Zionist settlers. So they do a lot of good work with just trying to make sure people aren't uh, you know, forcibly removed from their houses and land and stuff like that. Uh, we also have Decolonize Palestine, which is an educational website that has a lot of good information on the history of Palestine and its colonization, um, reading list, uh, stuff like that, a really good source. And then last is the Palestinian, uh, Palestine Children's Relief Fund, um, and they do a lot of work with um, aiding and helping uh, care for and medical assistance for uh, specifically children in Palestine. And they can probably definitely need donations right now because I don't know if you saw, but their building in um, Gaza, I believe it was, was actually hit by a, uh, a uh, an attack from Israel oh, um, just to, either today or yesterday it was. Um, so they certainly, I'm sure, need some help um, with all of their operations now considering they were just hit. So all of those links for those charities will be in the description. Um, and I urge anyone listening, if they are able to just drop a couple dollars possibly, um, because I'm sure they could need it for those people in Palestine, those who are actively resisting, and also those just trying to live their lives who are uh, unfortunately being caught in this attempted genocide. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So serious stuff out of the way. Obviously, all that's important. So I just wanted to say it. And I thought we should, you know, even the small platform we have, it'd probably be good to, uh, you know, 
try to advocate for that. But anyway, um, so on, on to the real stuff at hand. Uh, 11th episode, Austin, we're over the hump. Oh yeah. And we're over the milestone hump and we're into, into the teens. Oh, we're, we're heading straight for the teens, baby. (laughs) That's our, that's the slogan for the show. (laughs) Heading for the teens. Like a pop punk singer. We're heading for the teens. Oh man, this show, it's, we, we're really trying to, uh, really trying to court the teen audience, you know, Uh, another word one could use is groom. No. Oh (laughs) no. Oh no, 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 no. Well, we'd like to thank one of our main benefactors of this program. His name, uh, uh, it's an anonymous donation. It's from, uh, Jay Epstein. (laughs) Um, an anonymous donation here from a B Gates. Oh boy. Um... (laughs) Anyway, Rest in peace your marriage, fuckface. Yeah. Uh, this is completely unrelated to our topic today, but I thought it would be an interesting thing to talk about real quick at the start of the show. But you know, you know what I'm sad is kind of like dying out right now, Austin. What? Uh, old women. Well, they didn't. They weren't always old, but now they're obviously all old. But like old ladies whose first name is Gay. Oh yeah. Because obviously, like once that term started meaning something other the majority of people started using that term for to mean something other than uh than happy it kind of fell out of use as a first name yeah uh, there's a character in Letterkenny who shows up in like season six whose name is gay and it's just like you know i i can make i i feel i feel like i'm allowed to 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 say that you know just objectively if your first name is gay that's funny as a, as someone who is gay and trans if being named gay is funny it's just, it, it's just just as funny as if, it, if someone was named straight like but oh yeah that's just like a funny like there's a concept for a name yeah like imagine naming imagine naming your child gay <laughs> like imagine if, you're, uh, if your name is gay uh hit us up and we'll let you come on the show for a second for for free uh if your name is something else and you want to be on the show pay us 20 bucks and we'll let you be on the show mm-hmm. um, we are easily bought yeah we're easily bought uh we're sellouts um no but like imagine you're like some like hard-working uh you know like coal miner guy in like 1915 and you yeah. have a daughter and you're like uh we're gonna name her gay because we want her whole life to be happy and then it's like 1990 and she's like 60 and like is a substitute teacher and gets made fun of by kids because her first name's gay. <laughs> Just that her last name is Johnson. Gay Johnson. <laughs> well, I'm not planning. I don't ever really want kids, but if for some reason I end up with a child, I'm certainly going to name them gay. I respect that. Just out of, uh, you know, principle. I, I don't know if you know this, Austin. You know, I do this show. I, I, I put my hair up. And I do it in my underwear because I get so fucking hot doing this show. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I never see you with your hair up. I, 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 cause I turn off the, the where I live has no ceiling fans. So I have like desk fans. Mm. And so like, I turn those off cause they're, you can hear them on the mic and it's distracting. Right. So, you know, it's really hot and it gets kind of hot in this house in this, you know, little house I'm in. So, you know, I, and I, I'm someone who sweats fairly easily. So yeah, I do this show. I do this show sitting on the couch in my underwear with my hair up. And, you know, if I was, you know, like an attractive cis woman, 
that would probably be a big draw for a lot of people to listen to this show, like sexually. But I'm like an unattractive yeah, yeah. trans woman, so that that information is if if anything, it it's gonna repulse people listening. They might they might unsubscribe and they might stop listening to the episode right now. <laughs> Um, Damn, you're really killing our listeners, huh? Yeah. Um, Damn. Anyway, that's me. Uh, you I, enjoying a beverage right now? No, I had a frosty a little bit ago. Oh, nice. Name a job. chocolate frosty. Okay, what are you? Okay. Are you having a beverage? Oh, I'm having myself a bourbon and sweet tea. Oh, really? Oh, yes, I Is am. Is it good? I've never had it's that. It's delicious, actually. After seeing that TikTok, I was like, mm, maybe I should try this. And you know, this is my second one of the night, and I'm living what bourbon brand buffalo trace baby oh, nice i i don't really like bourbon but i like i understand the appeal it's just not i don't know maybe if i tried it like with sweet tea or something i would it's like it's an it acquired more. taste you gotta drink it's cocktails just, that focus on it as a flavor but dilute it a little bit and then once you get used to that you can like work up to drinking it on its own because sometimes a nice glass of whiskey on its own is really lovely i'm just a little fucking pussy baby and i only like alcohol that is like sweet and tastes good and like bourbon i'm not saying doesn't taste good but like for a little pussy like me it's a very like it's a very like uh in your face like flavor profile and like oh, experience yeah, it's, drinking it's, so it's just like a it's i have i i don't really find yeah, enjoyment. A brown sugar and caramel notes but then like peppery and it burns i like flavored like, i like things that are like cooked with bourbon or like bourbon yeah, flavored yeah. like a nice like bourbon like praline pecan ice cream oh, yeah oh my god but the bourbon itself i've not yet anyway acquired the taste for um before we get into the episode proper i wanted also to say uh i don't for some reason i i found myself just like clicking through and listening randomly to bits of of former episodes and it made me really self-conscious because i feel like i just talk the majority of the episode and like interrupt you <laughs> I mean, the the concept of the show, at its base, is you talking and telling me about something. So that's not surprising. It just it felt like it it felt like these episodes are like eighty five percent me talking and fifteen percent you talking. Well, I'll work on it. Well, no, I I don't think it's much. I felt like it was more of a me problem. It made me self conscious, and I also think my voice is like horribly annoying. So I was like, God, no wonder no one listens to this because it's like. Just me yelling over you the whole time. <laughs> well, um, you know what? I, I listen to it. So, you know, feel free to uh, cut me off or interrupt me or, you know, talk over me so we can Word. balance it out. Yeah, absolutely. As a, as a cis man, I'll do really good at interrupting you constantly. Please invalidate my space. Uh, <laughs> take away my safe space. Make, make this podcast a hostile environment for me, Austin. Yeah, make our podcast a hostile environment for you. Um, I'm, I, in in this idea of being self conscious about the amount I talk, I've also sort of revised when I took notes for this episode. I kind of I I, I, I tried to take less notes, more broad strokes, so it can be more of like a banter of a conversation. When, That's a good idea. When I when I describe the movie, I'm gonna try to do it more from like memory. I wrote down specific things that stuck out, but I tried to like not worry as much about like writing down like plot detail i like that idea um well, hey everyone welcome back to peyton and austin discuss the format of their podcast during their podcast welcome back to uh explain to austin inside baseball edition <laughs> <laughs> uh 
You know what's funny is I've heard the term inside baseball so much, and I know what it means. I have no fucking clue where it came from. Where did it come from? Did someone try to play baseball inside, and it went horribly, and so now that means, like, when you try to do something that no one wants to see or hear? Or was there, like... Some, like, newspaper or magazine article that would talk about the lives of players called Inside Baseball. That's probably more likely. Or it's like, you know, I don't or know. Or does it mean nothing? It's like... And we've all just assigned inside, this meaning to it. Inside Baseball, it's like, if you're talking Inside Baseball, you're not talking about baseball, you're talking about Inside Baseball. Inside the culture of In, baseball. Inside the dugout. Cause that's down where, in the dugout with that, Austin and Peyton. That's Welcome where back. the decisions get made, is down in the dugout. Welcome back to our baseball podcast. Well, yeah, it's called it's called uh, it's called Down in the Dugout. It's called Down in the Dugout. Uh, that sounds like a gay porn. <laughs> that is a gay porn. Down I'm in sure the of it. Down in the Dugout. It's Check like out my OnlyFans. It's like, uh, hey, hey, uh, Johnson, that's a that's a you're oiling that bat up pretty good, huh? Yeah, well, Papa always taught me how to handle a big piece of wood. You know, I got my hands. <laughs> My hands are so rough from a whole day of catching these balls. Yeah, I was watching you catch those balls. Yeah, something <laughs> oh, like that. Christ. Um, we're we're like three minute, four minutes in, and we're off the rails. Well, we're thirteen minutes in. And we're Holy off the shit, rails. Peyton. Well, we did the did the, the, yeah. the charities, and then I talked about women named gay. Yeah, and uh, I'm still drinking bourbon. You know, I miss. I I'm disappointed I didn't live at a time when men could just openly chew tobacco while playing baseball god dude like like fuck yeah fucking lp from run the jewels was talking about how like (laughs) he and killer mike aren't like the modern athletic baseball players of rappers they're like the the old school school baseball players that like they're just like big dudes with beard guts that are still knocking balls out of the park and like how the no hell did bro. any of those dudes fucking do any sort of athletic activity on the field like while Babe chewing Ruth. tobacco? Like, Babe Ruth was a big dude. How are they not all just, like, constantly, like, Ooh. throwing up when they tried to run? <laughs> like, oh, God. Like, oh. Was baseball just, like, slower back then because those guys were so, like, fat and slow? <laughs> Or they somehow just, like, really athletic but also really fat. They somehow balanced it out. Dude, Babe Ruth looked like, looked like he would knock the fuck out of I know. Like, someone. Like, he looks like he's got a mean left hook. But he also kind of looks like just, like, some middle-aged dude. Yeah, absolutely. But he looks like he's, like, been places. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's seen shit. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at pictures of him right now. And I'm like, man, I would not want to, like, piss him off. Yeah, that's true. Don't piss off Babe Ruth. I'll try. Pretty easy nowadays. He's dead, so right. Just don't mess with his corpse. He he'll put a he'll put a curse on you. Oh yeah, I don't want that baby curse. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Cause it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Alright, so let's get on to the topic at hand. Enough pussyfooting around. Yeah, no more pussyfoot. I, I, my foot's always deep in that pussy. That's awful. Um, You're going to give someone a yeast infection. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I today, 
you can tell the people in a minute the movie I told you is today's topic. But I picked it. I don't know if you caught, caught on to this, Austin. But uh, I picked it specifically because it seemed topical to our to a to our current uh, to a current situation um, recently. <laughs> oh, I get it now. So I'll explain that real quick. So obviously, specifically it, because we live in the southeast, huh? Yeah, well, and we touched on it some last episode, but uh, it, it it seems like it's winding down. If it was ever a thing, but there was uh, somewhat of a panic. The, yeah, because the pipeline. Yeah, the, there was a pipeline that got hacked and their billing system went down. And, of course, you probably have heard that there was a gas shortage, or at least there was the fear was of a gas the shortage. The perception of a gas shortage. Created an actual somewhat of a gas shortage in the southeast. Uh, specifically, we're in South Carolina, and it created one here at least somewhat. <laughs> yeah, like four gas stations around me were yeah. out of gas. For uh, a so, you know, we were very much left... Uh, you know, in a in a world where gas was harder to scavenge, harder to find, it, it really, really, I don't know about you, Austin, but it toughened me up. It, it made me more of a scavenger, I felt yeah, like. Yeah, I started saying shit like guzzoline in reference to gas. It was like, it was very, some would call it like a, we were kind of in the actual, it wasn't post-apocalypse, we were in the apocalypse. It was um, like, man, every time I would drive down the road, I would be furious. Yeah. It was uh, a lot of a fury road, you know. Everyone started wearing leather. Yeah, I, I wore so much leather the last uh, week. All the plants died. Um, yeah, so... We were in Australia. Of course, we're hinting towards the film. Austin, what is... Tell them what today's film is. Mad Max, The Road Warrior. So, yes, we I, I decided to pick uh, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, uh, for today's film. Uh, topical uh, to Austin and I's... Uh, gas crisis situation and the post-apocalyptic wasteland of uh, South Carolina. Uh, we are both, you know, we're both survivors at this point, living on what we can, scavenging for, for supplies and for gas uh, for our tripped out cars. I, I know I've attached, um, I've attached a, a, a blow gun or an air and it's, it's, I have attached a gun to my car. It's uh, uses compressed air and fires arrows. Oh, that's really neat. It's like a harpoon gun kind of a situation. Yeah. I don't know if you made um, any modifications. Yeah, I welded um, some steel piping to the front of my car, like a like a big guard, you like know? Like a cow catcher. Yeah, and I lifted it a couple inches and put, like, some off-road tires, and then um, I had, like, big spikes sticking off of the rims. Yeah. So that way, if anyone drove next to me, you know, and then um, also just put a bunch of fuel tanks along the back of my good idea car so i had more you know you gotta because you gotta it's a subaru it does up. not get good mileage yeah and you gotta like when you when you find some gas in the wild you gotta save up is that you know even mm -hmm. if you know for me i i couldn't afford tanks so i just have cardboard boxes that i've that i've filled with gasoline got some plastic bags or old burger king cups yeah i have some trash bags and then i have pipes going directly into my um uh gas tank from the garbage bags filled with gas uh, and it's created kind of a, uh, you know, um, a suction situation where it's sucking the gas into the tank from the garbage bags. Um, so yes, that's why we picked, uh, that's why, why I picked today's film, uh, to be the sequel to George Miller's original Mad Max, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Uh, Austin, do you have any questions for me? Hmm, I sure do. All right. So, 
First off, I just want it to be known that I've seen Fury Road, but that's the only Mad Max movie I have seen. Yeah, you're a fake fan. Well, I don't know. That one kind of stands alone, I'll fake be honest. Fake fan. Okay, I don't give a fuck. Um, uh, it's good. I like Fury Road a whole lot. Really entertaining. Um, so, my questions are, does this one have War Boys in it? Uh, well, no, because none of the Mad Max films really have re- reoccurring characters besides the titular max who's mad is this the one with toe cutter uh no that's the original mad max okay because my boss at works when i dyed half my hair blonde said i looked like toe cutter i can i can see the comparison (laughs) he would like send me pictures of it's it's not a flattering one but no i know i think it's funny it is an Um, apt comparison um and then um who plays max uh good old mel gibson mel gibson very nice very nice how tall is he don't know. Okay. But I could tell you his stance on Jewish people. <laughs> let me let me give you a it's hint. Not a favorable. Let me, one. let me give you a hint. Not favorable. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's not great. Not That's great, fine. but uh, he is good in this. Uh, yeah. He, he, Long I've before heard. his uh, his his indiscretion at anti-Semitism and other remarks. In, in this movie, does he fight the road? As he is the road warrior, or does he represent the road in his worrying? Well, one could argue both things that you just said happen. Uh, you know, when when you say fight the road, do you mean literally, you know, punching the ground, or do sure. you mean the road as a as a symbol? You know, like a synecdoche, meaning like the road, meaning his journey. Synecdoche isn't that a city in upstate New York? That's uh, syne- that's a schenectady. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he does fight the road in kind of a symbolic and a metaphoric way. Okay. I mean, if you, you know, the road meaning his journey, he fights, you know, uh, in the journey. He fights for his journey. Yeah, it's not the journey. It's not the destination. It's the journey. But he's also kind of, he is a man of the road. So in his fighting, he kind of represents, you know, the, the ethos of, of he's being. He's a man without a home. He's a, he's a wandering man, much in the way of a, of a Western, of a Clint Eastwood in a, the uh, Dollars a, a trilogy. Ronin, a Ronin. Or a Ronin in the samurai tradition. Uh, yes, so some both, both yes, sort of. Okay, 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 okay. Um, oh my God, what was the last question I had? I just had it. And it left my brain because I forgot to write this one down. Oh, uh, well. Damn. That's, that's okay. Um, talking about the road. I don't know. All right. Well, if you think of it. Oh, oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Um, do we include Max in ACAB? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good question. I don't well, think we do, personally. You know, it, it, you know, it's a, it's an interesting philosophical question because obviously you're, you're hinting at the fact that yes, in the first Mad Max film, uh, he is he is an officer of the law. However, by this film, obviously society has broken down. That film, Mad Max, the first one, is kind of um, amidst the societal collapse. This one is firmly after societal collapse. So obviously, the, in this one, he's no longer he's nothing besides you know a wandering man. So certainly not in this film. And even in the first film, I could see the argument that as the state is kind of crumbling, he does not even represent. Uh, he does not represent any sort of law being enforced as more as just a general, you know, trying to uh, aid in preventing, you know, I guess, complete collapse. So I, it's, it's hard to say because he's not really 
you know, like I said, the state is collapsing in the first one. So he's not really trying to, you know, enforce the will of the state. He's kind of a free agent at that point. Kind of a free agent of positive morality, almost. Okay, okay. He's almost like a knight, you know, on his own sort of personal quest. So I wouldn't say so, at least not in the confines of of the first film and certainly not of this film. Word. Uh... Yeah, good question. Uh, good questions. So, would you like me to go over some quick uh, fun facts? Yes, please. Cool. Uh, so, as I said, this is Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, released in 1981. Of course, uh, co-written and directed by George Miller. Uh, George Miller, of course, would go on to direct uh, Matt other films such as mad max beyond thunderdome babe well i'll get there babe babe pig in the city happy feet happy feet 2 uh and of course then mad max fury road also i did not know if you were aware but george miller uh went to med school and is a is a licensed physician in australia yes he's dr george miller as far as i can tell from my online research i don't know maybe he no longer uh, has a valid license, but at least at one point, including the filming of this film, he was a licensed physician. Um, no, that's bad as fuck. So this movie actually has somewhat of an interesting anecdote about its name because it is considered Mad Max 2. However, mm-hmm. the first Mad Max, it was very successful in Australia, the, one of the most successful of all time, I believe, when it was released. It also did well internationally. However, the rights for it when it came to America, they were afraid the Australian accents were too strong, too thick, so they completely redubbed it. Everyone's dialogue, including Mel Gibson. Um, really? It didn't do super well. It was mainly just released on video, or I believe on video. May I think it was a small release. But in general, the majority of American audiences had not seen Mad Max. So, in the releasing of mad max 2 obviously that's what they released it as in australia because it was such a big hit with the original but in america they were like we want to release this because we know people will like it however if we call it mad max 2 and they haven't seen mad max the original they might not want to go so they came up with the title the road warrior uh and basically completely omitted uh any mention of it being a sequel or connected to a previous film in its marketing and in its title Um, and they also did not really include Mel Gibson in the ads or promotional material since he wasn't really, he was a very newcomer in the, in the acting scene. Um, Mm. so they very much focused on all the action and the trailers and posters. So released as the road warrior here, however, then, uh, kind of consecutively another company with the rights to the first released the original on VHS and was like, you know, billed as like the exciting, you know, prequel to The Road Warrior, Mad Max. Uh, And so then kind of going along, uh, you know, people kind of became aware that The Road Warrior was a sequel. And now it's kind of known both as The Road Warrior or Mad Max 2 or even, you know, Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior. So, you know, it's 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 a there's a real kind of a jumble in terms of what its actual title is uh, because of, you know, marketing. So, on to the cast, as I'm sure you'd want to know. Yes, please. Uh, we mentioned uh, Mel Gibson, 
uh, young man in this. I know in the first one he was only 23. This was two or three years later, so probably still in his mid to late 20s, I believe. Uh, and of course, I don't know. Are you aware of uh, canonically of Max's last name, Austin? No, I'm not. Uh, it, it's it's a fantastic last name, in my opinion. Uh, his, his name is Max Rockatansky. No shit. That's uh, R-O-C-K-A-T-A-N-S-K-Y. Uh, so that's Mel Gibson, obviously, would go on after this uh, an, an, to helm another main franchise of the 80s, uh, Lethal Weapon, as well as many other movies down the line, eventually also directing. And uh, as forementioned, uh, making some... Uh, less than uh, good statements about yeah. certain minority groups. He, uh, he wasn't known for making great ones. Yeah, uh, not a great track record. Also, of course, star of the hit film The Beaver, in which he has a beaver hand puppet that uh, he says talks to him. Um, now, other people in the film. We've got Bruce Spence, who plays the gyrocopter pilot uh he's okay. not given a specific name that's just his name we're never told his name uh he's a very much of a of a character actor he's popped up in lots of things including as i wrote down here he would pop up in the third matrix movie he popped up in lord of the ring as a minor side character he popped up apparently in star wars episode three uh apparently also in pirates of the caribbean so lots of uh Lots of kind of bit part work in many franchises. Uh, let's see. And then we have kind of as our one of our main villains, kind of our lead henchman villain, we have Vernon Wells as Wes, uh, as I'll come to describe in the film, as kind of like the main henchman character. And he starred in some other things, including the 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Commando as the one of the villains, as well as apparently he was the lead villain in a couple of the Power Rangers uh, series. Yo. So that's somewhat interesting. That's and then kind of as our big villain, our big bad of the film, we have, and I'd probably mess up this pronunciation, it's a K and a J together. So I don't know what sound that makes. So I'll just say Jell Nilsson as uh, the villain Humongous. Wait, uh, is it KJ, like back to back, like K first? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like Kiel? Kiel Nilsson, maybe, as uh, Humongous. Uh, that is Humongous, not Among Us, uh, as oh, the kids boo. say. The, is the imposter sus? Is the imposter sus, Austin? Oh, God, I hate you. Is this what the kids say? Fuck, I hate kids. Hashtag, hashtag Amogus. No. Uh, hashtag sus. Uh, among Us. I'll call him Among Us for the rest of the podcast. Please. <laughs> That'll really date the episode. Uh, and <laughs> interestingly enough, he's not really an actor. He's actually a Swedish Olympic weightlifter. Oh, so, originally, so yeah, Kjell makes sense. Yeah, then. so originally from Sweden, went and competed in the Olympics as a weightlifter and then kind of pursued an acting career. He wasn't in much, but he was in this, and it's clear why they picked him because he does have a very imposing physical stature that is uh, very well shown off in this film. And Ooh. that's our cast, or the, our main players. 
I did want to mention, you brought him up a second ago. Um, Hugh Keys, uh, Brian or Byron, uh, who did play not in this film, but in the original, you mentioned toe cutter. Who's the villain that Hugh, Hugh, uh, Keys, Byron, uh, played toe cutter in the first film. And are you are, are you aware that he also then played a Morton Joe in, uh, Fury Road. Ooh, I was not aware. Yeah, so he played two of the main villains in the Mad Max series in two different films, interestingly enough. I uh, love that. Of course, not in this film, but I just thought that was an interesting point to bring up. Yeah. He has a distinction of being a recurring, character, uh, recurring actor in two different roles. I respect it. So, uh, here's some fun facts I found off of IMDb's trivia section for this film. And I wrote down, uh, Mel Gibson only has 16 lines of dialogue in this film, two of which being, I only came for the gasoline. <laughs> so it's so much like Fury Road in that he yeah. does not say much at all. Yeah, not not a lot on the dialogue side, but he does turn in, I, I believe, a good performance, a lot of good physical, nonverbal acting. Like, who could forget... Um... Max's famous line from Fury Road, water, yeah. water. <laughs> so very much, yeah, that film was very much in the tradition of this one. Uh, as we, we'll go into when I'm talking about it, there is a dog sidekick in this film. And I thought it would be interesting to note that apparently that dog was adopted from the local dog pound. He was actually scheduled to be euthanized and was adopted for the production, trained, um to do you know things for the film yeah dog things you know tricks and whatnot to act basically however he all the engine noises of the cars cars scared him so they made special earplugs that they would uh use with him when he would be in scenes and then at the end of uh production they um took him out behind a dune and they shot him right so it's like of mice and men Exactly. No, I'm joking. Uh, he was adopted by a, a camera operator. Oh, I love that. That makes me nice. happy. Yeah. Um, James Cameron, director, famous director, actually cited mm-hmm. this as an inspiration for The Terminator. Yo. Okay. Which is cool. Uh, apparently, they for a lot of the shots where they needed the actor's face while they were driving a car kind of a medium shot where you could see the actor while they were yeah. driving. Apparently they built a camera rig that would that attached to the outside of the car and the camera operator would have to stand on this rig on the outside of the car, but frequently when they would do this and the car would go over bumps and stuff, the this platform for the camera operator would scrape the ground and spark. That's cool as shit though. I um, bet it looked awesome. Yeah. So the budget on this film was ten times larger than the first film. I guess the first one did well, huh? Yeah, so they really kicked it up. At the time, this was the most expensive Australian film uh, made. Which nice. Is, uh, okay. Hell yeah. Um, I don't. I, I don't know if I could name too many other Australian films. I'll be honest. I could name maybe a couple, but certainly these are the Mad Max series is one of the one of the main ones. Um, and they made 80 custom vehicles uh, for this film, uh, which more than half of were demolished in the production. Damn. So a lot of cars. Apparently, 
the V8 Interceptor Max drives for a portion of this film. The black on black. Yeah. It was obviously a car used in the original Mad Max, and all of those cars after production of the original were supposed to be scrapped and destroyed. But apparently someone had the forethought that to keep the V8 Interceptor, uh, so they did. And then when this film came around for shooting, they were just going to find a new car to be Max's car, but then they came along the V8 Interceptor saved from the first film and use it for this film, which is fun fact. Hell yeah. Shout out to that person for saving it. Yeah, good idea. Um, we'll get, I will, it, at one point, I won't spoil it until I get into more in the plot. At one point in the movie, there's a quite a large explosion and apparently it was so large that they had to notify both airlines and the army uh, about it happening <laughs> as well as oh damn as well as all of the nearby mines in the area had to be were were closed uh, per, uh, in precaution uh, in case of a possible collapse happening because of the shockwave damn i wonder how much they had to pay the mines to like make it worth it you know yeah i don't know but uh it's quite a big explosion so i see why so those are those are the kind of those are facts i wrote down um austin you have any other questions or or thoughts or anything about the film um no i'm ready to hear hear more about it all right well you know it's going to be real informative for us in these hard uh times of uh of gas shortage so you know just i'd say you know maybe whip out the pen and pad take some notes because uh you might need this information oh god okay oh my god. we need to notify the airlines of what the fuck you're doing because it just sounded like an explosion happened <laughs> i had to get my paper out oh okay it's the end of the world as we know it it's the end of the Get into some. Oh, let's talk about it. Let's get into some road warrioring with Mad Max. Let's go on a warrior on the road. Let's go on a road war. So we open up with a nice uh, post-apocalyptic, post-apocalypse uh, monologue and montage, sort of. Uh, specifically, I'll note that it's in kind of like your 4-3 uh, aspect ratio, so kind of just like a small square as compared to the rest of the screen, which I'll explain why in just a second. But you have your, uh, your you know, kind of basic post-apocalypse monologue, really, you know, kind of standard fare about how, you know, wars and, you know, no one really knows what, but the world has kind of gone to shit. You know, gas is hard to find. You know, there's war or you know there was war and now warriors know, society is collapsed uh we also get some shots in the clips of the montage um you know talking about how society's broken down we get some shots from the original mad max film uh stuff like seeing uh max's family get killed and then seeing kind of him when he gets pushed over the edge and his some brief clips of his revenge and kind of becoming the warrior he is so, yeah. so we then move from this montage 
you know, and monologue by, you know, like a old man narrator sounding voice. We move from this, which is in this small war never changes. Basically, we move from this, which is a you know four three aspect ratio mono sound to suddenly as we jump into the events of of the actual movie, it expands to full widescreen and stereo. So it's like a really like sudden you know kind of jarring. Yeah, it's really shooting you into the action, Um, and we are in the midst of. Uh, a car chase with Max, of course, in the V8 Interceptor with his dog in the passenger seat. And they're being chased down a highway, big speeding action chase. Uh, and, you know, Max, of course, does some, you know, so got some fun driving, uh, you know, a car flips. Um, Max evades some people. Uh, it's a fun, fun car chase. Uh, it ends after a car flips over and Max seems to be safe, he finds this abandoned, uh, you know, truck, um, 18 wheeler, uh, that seems to have gas. So he goes over to it to start to try to, uh, save some gas from it. Um, smart. Yeah. And then, but then however, a motorcycle driving bad guy who was chasing Max and actually Max did the thing where you know two bad guys were coming up on either side of him one of which being this mohawk guy on the motorcycle with it first of all let me say it's a mohawk guy riding a motorcycle but then he also has his little like twink like boyfriend and like S&M gear with a chain around his neck riding like nice. on the bitch seat of the motorcycle oh nice and this motorcycle driving mohawk bad guy also is wearing like assless chaps and his ass is like actually like just assless all chaps um, are assless so uh, well but this guy's not even wearing he's, he's not, not even wearing he's pants. not wearing pants to to fill in the ass oh. um so and Max does the thing where, you know, they're coming up on either side of him, the motorcycle and another car, and he brakes and causing this motorcycle guy to take an arrow into his arm. Nice. So we see kind of Get o- fucked. at the top of the hill, this guy on the motorcycle pulls the arrow out of his arm because he's, you know, hardcore, and he kind of stares at Max, and Max takes out his double barrel shotgun, and you're kind of wondering, you know, are, are they about to go down? But the motorcycle guy drives off, seeming to... Uh, to decide to wait to fight another day. So we have Max nice. just kind of uh, collecting some gas. And an interesting background detail, um, I noticed the dog kind of walks up to it and sniffs. There's a dead kangaroo with an arrow sticking out of it in the middle of the road. Oh, my God. Which is uh, very Australian. Um, Should have saved it for me. I know. I'm, I would have loved a nice scene of Max Butch. A nice detailed 20-minute scene of Max skinning and butchering a, a dead kangaroo. And draining and cleaning. I mean, that's a lot of meat. The kangaroo's a big animal. Yeah, it's person-sized. Yeah, larger than person-sized I'll in say. some cases. So uh, Max fills up, and we see him kind of driving on, you know, clips of him driving alone in the desert. He comes across a somewhat of a sort of a, uh, you know, launch pad area for a seemingly abandoned gyrocopter Um, and are you familiar with 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 a gyrocopter austin no how is it different than a helicopter it's much smaller than a helicopter um there's no real inside it's all kind of outside it's very small uh basically it's like you know just enough for like one or two people to sit in 
Uh, you don't really have any sort of encasement. You're kind of just out in the open, uh, just kind of on top or, you know, a side, you know. And then, oh, yeah. Okay, I see it. And, you know, it's kind of got like a wheel set up on it so you could drive it um, if need be. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at pictures. So just like a very small kind of, you know, helicopter sort yeah. of setup. Uh, so he finds this seemingly abandoned gyrocopter. He, you know, kind of goes up, gets out of the car, goes up to inspect it. And there's a snake on it, kind of coiled up on top of it. A snake in his boot. Well, it's not in the boot. It's on the, co- the snake on the copter. Oh, no. There's a snake on my gyrocopter. There's a snake on my gyro. I'm Tom Hanks. There's a snake on my gyrocopter. I like the beat you were doing right then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, but Max is like such a badass that he literally like does the thing where you just grab the snake before it can even strike and you just hold it like by its head so it can't bite you. Um, but at the same time, a man, yeah, I know it's really hot. It's like, God, I wish that snake was my fucking cock. Oh, Um, sure. He grabbed the head of that snake, but I wish he grabbed the head of my cock. Right. I understand where you're going with this. Uh, uh, not really. That's a, that was a bit, I don't like men. Uh, sorry, Mel Gibson. (laughs) Not Not a chance, bud. Uh, not a chance. Not a chance in not hell. Not a chance in hell. I mean, you know, maybe in the 80s, but certainly not after those disparaging remarks he said. Oh, absolutely uh, not. Anyway, Max grabs the snake, and out of the ground, like from under the sand and the dirt, a guy kind of like pops up. Uh, he's been hiding, and Max is ambushed because this guy has a, has a crossbow. Oh, shit. And you see a lot in this movie, I will note... Uh, majority of the weapons in this film are things like crossbows bow and arrow harpoons well those don't jam they don't jam and you know obviously much reuse ammo reuse ammo also easier to craft uh arrows or arrow like projectiles than it is to you know find ammo for a gun and or make ammo for a gun which would be dangerous of course so you see a lot of these uh projectile uh, weapons in this film so this gyrocopter ambusher has a bow and arrow uh max is kind of you know ambushed by him and held at point, gunpoint you know he has to set his weapons down and the guy instructs him to basically go to his car turn off the booby trap because he knows he's smart enough to know that max probably booby trapped his car that so that if gas was taken out of it without switching off this booby trap it would explode so Max is told to go turn this off. Max reaches under the car to flip the switch, but instead he goes to grab a knife that he has concealed right by where the switch is. However, the uh, gyrocopter captain puts the arrow thing up, the crossbow up to his head and is like, someone smart like you would probably have a weapon down there. So instead Max just has to switch off the um, switch off the, the kill trap. switch. Yeah, the kill switch. Um, and you know, Max is being held at gunpoint or the uh, crossbow point. However, his dog is, jumps up and from the car and bites the gyrocopter holding him hostage, uh, allowing Max enough time to reach and grab his double barrel shotgun. And now the tables have turned. The pilot is at the mercy of Max and Max kind of Ooh. threatens him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the pilot kind of caves and tells him how, you know, don't kill me. And, uh, you know, there's actually this huge score of gas uh, I know about. 
Um, you know, if I take you to where it is, will you let me go? And so Max kind of silently agrees. So they go on a ride. They're, you know, hanging out in the car. He's shackled, kind of handcuffed up the, uh, the gyrocopter pilot. Um, they end up kind of stuck, staked out on a ridge um, in the middle of the desert, of which Max looks out into. And over this kind of ridge, this hill, he sees this huge kind of uh, compound all built around a oil pump pulling you know, oil and gas out of the ground. Uh, and it's this whole compound, kind of like a small little town almost. They have a huge tank, um, like 18-wheeler tanker section um, filled apparently with gas, you know, basically like as much gas as someone could need. Um, so it's kind of like this almost paradise of, uh, of resource. However, they also see that all around this compound, it's kind of being sieged and is under attack. It's kind of fending the guys off, but it's definitely kind of being pushed against the ropes. But the attackers seem to leave for the present time being as Max watches and stakes out while the gyro captain is chained to a stump because Max says, uh, you know, I, I agreed to let you go, but I didn't say where. So he kind of chains him to the stump for the time being uh, and while he stakes out the place. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So they're kind of uh, staking out. We see Max eat some dog food. Uh, out of a can. Oh hell yeah! Yes, yeah, that's a common thing in the Mad Max video game. If you've ever played that. Oh, it is. Yeah, like you have to find food every once in a while, and half the time it's like dog food and shit. Oh, and it's okay. like animations of him eating it. Yeah, so uh, probably originally taken from this, because yeah, he does just chow down on some dog food. Um, at this point, you know, it's like nighttime, and they're kind of watching the uh, compound that they're watching still under siege by the these seeming marauder these group of marauders and i don't know i have like a shitty tiny tv and you know the picture's okay but the sound is like really awful um but i don't know if it, you know a combination between my the sound being awful and also it being small that i didn't hear it or if like even in the actual movie mix it's hard to hear but i had subtitles on so at least on the subtitles while max is kind of staking out and talking with the gyro captain, uh, you hear the bad guy, at least over subtitles in the background, uh, humongous, hum among us, <laughs> you hear him, you hear him kind of like calling out orders down, you know, off in the distance at the sieging the compound. You hear him calling out orders to like different groups of his, you know, Minions. gang, one of which, and I wrote this down specifically, at least according to the subtitles was gay boy berserkers. Oh, which that I was sounds like, like some Mad Max shit, honestly. I, I was like, that's that's a great name for something like a band, or yeah. like that needs to be used. I'm surprised I've never heard like that's a that's a good one. Uh, and I mean like you know, they there are certainly some types of in the villain group. I would call Gay Boy Berserkers because they're all very much in like S and M leather and shit. Uh, as for mentioned, our main kind of. Uh, henchman character Wes, the guy in the motorcycle with the mohawk, literally has like a twink in a collar on his back of his motorcycle at I all times. Fucking, yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's you know it's like some time passes. It's the next day or so, and uh, they see Max and the gyro captain see some kind of uh, groups leave the compound. 
some sort of scout mission or some sort. Max and the gyro captain watch as one of these groups that goes this one of this car that goes off is kind of picked off by some of the bad guys, including Wes, our motorcycle mohawk guy. And there's a really funny shot where Max is uh, watching through binoculars. The gyro captain comes up behind him and pulls out like a pirate-esque spyglass. Yeah, does it unfold? He extends it, oh, and it's yeah. like ridiculously big and long. I love that. And I don't know. I don't know if it's like a if it's supposed to be like a penis innuendo almost but it seems like it is if not that's like the most ridiculously long spyglass and max literally like hands him the binoculars and takes it uh and like switches <laughs> with him and they basically watch as this car that's been picked off um from the compound by the bad guys the guy in the car is like fatally injured they pull the women out of the car um and then they uh attack her and of course it's implied they're like on top of her uh you know assaulting her and then they kill her finally Wes, the bad guy, walks up and kills her uh, and sort of, uh, you know, including Wes, this Mohawk guy. Uh, and so Max is really upset by this. He goes down. He uh, kills the uh, kills the guy still there with a crowbar. He saves the uh, life of the man, at least for the time being injured from the compound basically he says you know i'm only saving you because if i take you back to the compound i want gas as a reward right Um, right. so max makes his way back to the compound in his car uh with this man uh he leaves basically like leaves the gyro captain behind on this little like overlook chained to a stump and is basically like well good luck uh so max (laughs) good luck and get fucked yeah max and his dog they take this uh injured guy to the compound outside the compound we see this little feral kind of like wild uh you know nature child you know seemingly watching from his little like pop-up hole and he crawls back into the compound uh max brings this guy into the compound and uh, you know immediately of course all the compound people are suspicious of max because you know he's like a shady looking guy in a leather jacket um, yeah yeah of course in the desert in the desert you know he could be one of the bad guys they're suspicious so they kind of like you know that he turns over his weapons and they take his car for the time being uh and basically you know he brings the man and it is trying to tell the leader of this group of how like you know oh you know he he was he said you'd give me gas if i brought him back here and saved him but you know they he realizes that even though he's brought him back the man has now died he didn't survive Mm. and so Mm. you know the compound people don't really trust max they don't want to give him gas and they don't want to give him his car back um and they seem really suspicious i want to point out that uh a fun little piece of like uh costume detail that i like all of these compound people are all kind of wearing like khaki and white and kind of like you know light colored sort of deserty style you yeah. know head wraps and clothes while all the bad guys are like you know leather and black and all that which creates kind of a nice contrast which even plays into you know max is kind of dressed more like the bad guys so they're almost more suspicious of him um maybe like indicating some like moral ambiguity for max yeah pretty much yeah definitely so they're kind of trying to decide they're, they, they're saying they're just kind of kind of let, you know, push Max out of the compound and leave him for dead in the desert. Uh, however, the bad guys suddenly, you know, come back and start to surround the compound. So for the time being, they kind of just handcuff Max to a pipe while um, these bad guys surround the compound. Uh, and 
as uh, Humongous drives up in his car, kind of at the front of the pack of bad guys, he actually has two of prisoners from the compound um, strapped um, to the front of his car. And I very much like the guys are in Fury Road. Oh, hell yeah. So I definitely think that was drawn specifically. The blood bags. Yeah, that, they're, they're, not, they're not like being used for blood or anything in this one, but they're very much strapped to the front as prisoners, and it definitely seems like that was kind of expanded upon um, in Fury Road, which I thought was an interesting detail. And, of course, this is when we get introduced to uh, Humongous, and let me, let me describe his costume for you. Can I guess? Yeah, yeah. Is Humongous the one that I've seen pictures of where he's got like the metal luchadore mask? It's like a glad yeah, it's like a gladiator like mask basically. Yeah, it looks like a luchador mask, but it's like all metal. Yeah, it's 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 I think it's styled after like there were gladiator masks that were basically looked like that where it's almost like oh, a nice. hockey-esque uh like yeah, goalie yeah. mask. Um, yeah. And is he like shirtless outside of that? He's completely no clothes except for like a jock strap, like a like a like a black like metal studded jock strap. So it's just like headpiece, jock strap, and then just his fucking jacked body. Is he like, oh, what's his name, Rictus Erectus from Fury Road, who was like the big muscle bound dude that yeah. Morton Joe kept as his number two. He's a he's a lot like a lot like that guy. Definitely I could see that being an him being an inspiration later for that. Um, but yeah, just like muscle bound dude with a scary like metal face mask thing. It's implied with some shot up close shots where you see kind of like the back of his head. It kinda looks all burned and fucked up. Um, so that his like face is messed up. You never actually see it. I actually read in the trivia that uh, he was going, they were going to have him be a character from original Mad Max, kind of like come back and turn crazy and evil, who gets like injured and burned. But they oh, decided shit. not to go with it. But, you know, it's kind of still implied that it could possibly be because it is shown his head is like all burnt and messed up from what you see from the back of his head. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so he's like super muscle bound crazy like you know jock strap harness thing and you know this metal mask and he's constantly like speaking into like a speaker system on his car and he's got a very like oh, deep nice. like evil like imposing voice i respect it um so you know he's kind of like you know posturing and you know threatening the the compound meanwhile this little feral child that we've seen who's literally like you know in like rags and animal skin and just like growls and can't even like speak words uh we see this feral child kind of crawl through his tunnels under the compound and pop up outside where these bad guys are he throws his he has like a metal like bladed uh boomerang which he throws and it like straight up just like embeds into the head of Wes this mohawk guy's twink on the back of his motorcycle <laughs> oh, and it just shit. it just domes this guy just directly like plants in that dude's head dies obviously Wes this uh, our, our kind of main henchman super pissed off about it um you know the boomerang he throws the boomerang back to uh back at the kid but of course misses and it starts to come back around and our kind of lead the uh the kind of like toady of humongous who's like you know guy with glasses who like announces things for for humongous is like oh i'll catch it i'll catch it because he tries to impress him he tries yeah. to catch this boomerang and it literally chops off his like four main fingers fuck 
which is a great shot. So he still has a thumb, right? Yeah, I, I believe it, his thumb, but his, like, four main fingers, because he tries to catch this bladed boomerang without glove or anything, just straight up on his hand. So that chops off his hand. Uh, you know, the little kid, feral kid, runs back into the compound uh, and seems to be safe for now, because, you know, Humongous is like, you know, you'll get your revenge soon enough. And basically, Humongous says, like... Um, for the compound he issues like an ultimatum where he's like you know i don't want any more death on you know i i understand you know about life and like i don't want any more death on our hands walk just walk away uh give us the gas in the compound and and i'll spare all of you none of you will die basically and so oh, trying to high road them but he's yeah. actually like probably knows that he's losing yeah i mean you know they all be they'd all be fucked and be in the desert without supplies or gas and die. But like, you know, he tra he's trying to paint it as like, you know, just give me what I want. And I don't want to kill any of you. And I won't, uh, if you just give probably a lie. Anyway, if you just, like... yeah. I mean, they bring that up later how they're like, yeah. How do we know when we walk out of here and say that we'll give him the compound that he's not just going to kill us all immediately. Um, so basically he's like, you have a day to decide this and we'll be back. And so they all ride off, um, leaving them with this ultimatum and the compound. Give them a day to prepare for their return. Like basically great move. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm mean, beginning to think this humongous guy has a not very humongous brain. I'm beginning to think this humongous guy, uh, is sus. I hate you so deeply. No, they call him humongous because of his humongous cock. Oh! Duh. I get it. They actually... I saw this in the trivia. There was a 10-minute full penetration gay sex scene between humongous and Wes that they cut. Oh, thank God. Uh, I mean, I wish it wasn't cut. Yeah, George Miller... I bet humongous isn't cut. George Miller, George Miller like, was, was adamant that it had to be included, but the studio cut it. Um, that's all. I made all that up. If we're not clear, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, don't, I hope no one thought that we were actually serious about a a, a full gay sex scene. In Ten this minute, pen it full penetrative. <laughs> full, full. Oh boy, howdy. Anyway, uh, anyway. The, you know, obviously Max kind of watches this whole thing going on outside, uh, and then kind of afterwards, he's of course, you know, he's. Mad Max, so he, like, you know, he's literally just handcuffed to a pipe, which, you know, he picks the handcuffed and is just kind of sitting there then. Uh, the f he kind of, the feral child, this this little feral child, comes up, you know, through his tunnel, and Max kind of, like, looks at him, and the feral child is making, like, you know, uh, nonverbal, you know, growls and stuff at him. Yeah, earlier, earlier, Max had found, like, a little music box that, you know, with a crank that plays Happy Birthday, so he gives that to the kid, and the kid likes it. I love uh, the music box. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, at this point, the main leader of the uh, of the compound, um, you know, he's kind of trying to uh, convince the uh, convince all the people there how like you know it's not worth it to try to bargain with these guys. They might kill us anyway. Plus, you know, they'll be taking our livelihood. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of arguing about what to do. Um, you know, some of the people bring up that like, yeah, we have that tanker full of gas, but we have no way to move it. So, you know, how, how would we do anything with it? Uh, which the, uh, you know, because the point is the, uh, the leader is trying to like say like we should leave and we can try to, uh, find, you know, peace and start, start life anew somewhere else. 
Um, I want to point out now that also one of the kind of leaders of this uh, of this compound is like a uh, dude who's in like full military like like fancy dress uniform with like medals. Oh, hell yeah! Who has like a helmet on, but then he also has like a samurai sword. I love that. You never get to. I'm I'm a bit. I was a bit disappointed because you never see him use it. Uh, but at least from just like a costume designs perspective, it's really cool. But, you know, they're arguing about all this, how they don't have anything to be able to move the gas tank and everything, which then Max kind of finally speaks up and is like, you know, I'm the one who can help you. I know of a tanker that could pull that truck. um, And if you let me go and get it, all I want in return is as much gas as my car can carry. uh, And I'll go get that tanker for you. I'll I'll just need, you know, like uh, a couple gallons of diesel to take with me. Um, and they're all kind of skeptical. They're like, why doesn't he, why wouldn't he run off? And they're like, well, he won't have his car. He'll want to come back for his car. So they basically come to this agreement. Max goes on foot with the diesel kind of over his shoulders on, on, you know, like a pole kind of carrying it, carrying these oil, these, uh, diesel cartons, uh, you know, gas cartons of diesel. Uh, and they, he brings back this truck, that truck we saw in the opening chase scene that he saw abandoned. And, you know, in return, uh, when he gets back, they'll fill up his car with as much gas as it can hold and let him free. So they Hell agree yeah. They agree to this. Basically, like I said, Max sets out on foot, you know, kind of carrying the diesel uh, metal cans on his back, uh, you know, to walk back, a co- you know, like a day's journey or day and a half journey back to this truck. Um, he, on the first night, kind of on his way out, he accidentally stumbles across... Uh, where the bad guys specifically was our motorcycle guy with the mohawk has they've set up their camp for the night and he makes a noise and you know is able to to quickly kind of hide right um, under the this kind of cliff edge uh, so you know Wes the bad guy standing right almost over where Max is like almost about to discover Max when all of a sudden uh, the little child the feral child is is there alongside Max he's apparently followed him and the feral child imitates like a dog call off in the distance um, which distracts Wes and just you know Wes just thinks oh whatever I heard was just a dog and that kind of saves Max from being caught so we Dude, that's a smart little kid i'll tell you what yeah so you know he saves max and max is able to continue on his way max uh it's like the next day max has been walking for all this time max comes across the gyro pilot who has just been walking dragging this log that he's chained to behind him uh through the <laughs> desert uh basically they meet up uh, and Max, you know, Max basically like, uh, uh, holds the gyro captain as his prisoner again and makes him carry the gas. Uh, they finally get back to the gyro station with the little gyrocopter. Um, uh, there seems to be a guy like a car, a little buggy, dune buggy and a guy who have been killed at the gyro station. And the, uh, captain is like, Oh, it's the, my snakes. They're such a good investment. They always snakes? do the job. Yeah, because it's, he he places he he like uses the snakes as like his like defense mechanism on the gyrocopter. Like when Max grabbed the snake, like he places oh, the yeah, snakes yeah, yeah. there okay, as okay. like a security system oh to like God. bite and kill people if they try to steal it. So like Indiana Jones's worst nightmare. Basically, 
Um, so they, they find this guy and, you know, him and Max take equipment from this guy, including a shotgun shell. Max cracks open his double barrel shotgun and loads the shell in. And we see that this whole time the shotgun has been empty. Oh, what a badass. Including the gyro pirate, gyro pilot. Who's like, that thing was empty this whole time. And Max loads the shotgun and is like, yeah. And he's like, uh, but now it isn't. And the gyro pilot's like, you know. Oh, how do I know that that one's not a dud? And Max like holds the gun up to his face and is like, "Do you want to you find, find out?" out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes, "Go ahead. You feeling lucky, punk?" Yeah. So, um, let's see. Uh, basically, they then they hop in the gyrocopter. They fly to where this truck is. We saw earlier at the beginning. Max is able to get it started up. He, you know, unhatch unattaches it from the uh, the back uh, trailer that it's attached to, and. Uh, Max drives off. The pilot's kind of like, "What? You're not you're not going to take me with you. You don't want me to come along. We're a team now." But Max is like, "Eh." And so Max drives off. Uh, however, <laughs> next next thing you know, he looks out his window and the pilot's flying alongside him uh, because he doesn't want to leave him. For the record, I want the podcast to know I just paused it because I had to go fucking rip a fat fucking liquid poop drop. Dude, you were gone for like twenty five minutes. I yeah, there was a lot of blood. It's like 50-50 blood and shit. It's a good ratio. Real Mad Max hours. Uh, where? Oh, yes. So, okay. So, Max drives off with the truck, the gyro pirate, pilot. I keep saying pirate. Gyrocopter pilot. He, he kind of flies along with Max. Um, they, they drive. He's drive in the sky. Yeah. He's his... He's his eye in the sky and his ass in a pie ass in the clouds anyway they're driving back to the compound when of course they kind of encounter uh all the bad guys including wes our evil mohawk motorcycle man uh who these bad guys they shoot out one of the tires on the truck however it's just one of you know how many do a cab of an 18 wheeler has a lot uh, well, it's in the name. 18. <laughs> but minus the ones that aren't on the cab. 2, 4, 6, 8. So 10 on the cab. So they still got 9 wheels. Yeah, so they're fine. Not bad. Um, so they, they start you know chasing after them. Then you know the kind of rest of the guys start chasing after them, including uh, Humongous, who kind of pulls out this fancy box that holds he's got it's inside is like a really nice looking 45 with a sight on it oh shit and then all these like bullets like fancily like bullets inside this like velvet case along with the gun that's bad he he loads up just a single bullet which he shoots in the truck and it like just like goes straight like through the truck the front of it into the engine uh so the truck's really kind of like just like straggling on it's like you know it's barely hanging on um Max goes to fire the one shell that he put into his into the shotgun, but it is a dud and it doesn't go off. Wow! Uh, unfortunately, Wes, our evil Mohawk Wes, attacks the cabin. Uh, Max has to kind of fight him off while driving. Uh, more tires get blown. A car pulls up alongside it, and it has like a like four-barreled uh, like arrow like harpoon oh. thing that shoots oh. out even more tires. Um, 
and uh, our, our gyro pilot drops a snake um, down onto a car to prevent even more tires from getting shot out because he has, like, snakes up in the copter with him. Um, so, basically, fighting all this off, Max and the gyro captain are basically just barely able to get back into the compound uh, with the truck. They, you know, cl- close the gate of the compound. Uh, the, vi- the bad guys all start attacking the uh, compound um they you know it's a kind of a battle for a minute uh take some casualties some some action happens a car they shoot and blow up a car uh from the bad guys um and eventually but eventually though they seem to fend off the compound um wes is inside the compound with mac because he was like fighting on top of the truck but unfortunately wes kind of like escapes his way out of the compound before they can get him um, so basically, uh, in this, in the course of this battle though, the, uh, compound, like their leader, uh, is wounded in the leg. So he's kind of limping around. Um, and so this battle kind of ends and they kind of are regrouping and are basically like, all right, we have this truck, we can move the big tanker, uh, thing of gas, uh, and that'll be enough gas to be able to, for us to drive, you know, like it's like a. You know, 4,000 miles to our freedom. Basically, they want to try to get to the coast um, where they hope they will be, you know, out of range of all of these kind of marauding, you know, bandits in their cars and motorcycles from the desert um, and be able to start kind of like... You know, I've always said if you get to the coast, you're safe from marauders. You know, you get to the coast, you can start a new society. There won't be marauders around because, you know, marauders hate the fucking ocean. God, they're so afraid of salt. They just hate it. Um, so... Uh, they kind of are regrouping, figuring out, you know, the, the, the leader wants them to leave by that night. Um, the mechanic guy of the compound, uh, there's this funny part where he's like looking at the truck and like being like, oh, we need to fix this and this. And he's relaying it to this big, like dumb looking guy who is just shouting it all back, whatever the mechanic says back to, uh, the, uh, leader. And they're like, what does that mean? And he's like, I need 24 hours. You've got 12. Okay, so 12 hours to fix the truck and to, like, load up and be ready to leave. Meanwhile, kind of on the hill overlooking the compound, we see uh, Humongous, like, and his men set up, and they're, like, torturing the prisoners, and it's this whole scary montage during the rain of them torturing the prisoners and stuff. And he's he's saying, like, you know, no one will get out of the compound alive. Uh, meanwhile, Max says, uh, you know, I'm leaving. I'm not, you know, they want Max to drive the tanker truck for him. And he's like, no, I, I didn't sign up for that. I just said I'd bring it back. Now I did what I did. I want gas in my car and I'm leaving. I'm not helping you your escape. The sky pilot tries to like run off with this girl from the compound, but she's like, no, it's wrong. I, I, I should stay. I should help. And that kind of convinces him to also stay and help. So Max still, even though the little kid tries, he like sits in the car because he either wants to go with Max or Max to stay and help. But Max, you know, tells the kid to leave. He won't stay. The the leader of the compound comes and tries to convince Max again. Um, but Max still refuses. Um, and basically the injured leader of the compound basically says, you know, okay, fine. I'll have to drive the truck. Um, Max, you know, loaded up and everything with what he wanted, leaves the compound, you know, to go set off on his own. However, though, he drives, obviously has to drive right past where the, uh, bad guys are, 
um, including, um, you know, Mo- Wes, our evil Mohawk guy who steals Humongous's car, and him and a couple other people chase down after Max. They base they end up being able to uh, cause Max's V8. They get it to roll over and crash into a ditch. Max is able to drag himself out, even though he's all bloody and hurt and can barely walk. Well, and because even- he's mad. Yeah, and he can't walk. Oh, no. And Wes, you know, uh, directs the toady guy to start stealing the gas from Max's car. Uh, one of the other bad guys comes up. They kill the dog. They kill Max's dog. Oh, they really John Wicked him, huh? Yeah, and then he's aiming the, uh, the arrow thing at Max, ready to kill Max, when the fact that they were taking the gas out of Max's crashed car sets off the booby trap, causing the car to explode, uh, blowing up Toadie, and it kind of blows back uh, the other bad guys and saves Max from being shot, which uh, then Wes and the other bad guys left alive kind of end up uh, leaving, and they basically leave Max for dead. However, the gyro pilot has followed Max, uh, and he sees... Or, no, the gyro pilot in the compound through his uh, spy scope, sees uh, the smoke from the accident. He flies out to it, and he saves Max from the crash. He carries him back to the compound where they uh, do medical care to Max. Max finally awakens. His, you know, one of his eyes is like, you know, he can barely see out of it, and he's limping. Because um, in the first Mad Max movie, he gets a bad leg injury, which makes him limp. And in this one, um, the whole time on one of his legs, he kind of has this uh, kind of like... Um, you know, homemade uh, metal brace thing going on on one of mm-hmm. his legs. But now he's kind of, like, injured his leg bad again. So he's limping. Um, they're kind of debating on who's going to drive this big tanker truck. Um, and Mac kind of comes out and is like, I'll drive it. I've, I've changed my mind. I'm going to help you guys. I'm going to fight for you. And basically, uh, they're like, all right. So they give Max uh, his double barrel shotgun and they give him a handful of shells that actually work. Um, and so uh, Humongous and his men are all outside. They're ready to attack. But now Humongous has Wes, our, our motor, Mohawk motorcycle guy, because he's he did something bad and disobeyed orders. Now he's chained to Wes's car as kind of Wes's, <laughs> as, as kind of a Humongous's uh, um, you know, servant. Humongous loads up his uh, his forty five. Um, they're all getting ready to leave, and the feral kid. They they're trying to load him into the like civilian women and children and old people bus, but he yeah. runs off and hops on the tanker right as it's leaving. He hops on the back, like kind of in between the 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 uh, the tanker and the cabin of the truck. Um, he hops on, um, and the. Um, the tanker's all reinforced. They've completely tricked it out with... Uh, like a war know, rig. Yeah, basically. And the front has, you know, metal plating and plow nice. on it. So it's able to withhold the gunshots. Um, and uh, it pulls out of the compound. Uh, gyro pilot flies off ahead and, like, drops some, like, you know, makeshift, like, firebomb Molotov cocktails um, on the uh, bad guys, kind of clearing a path so the tanker can, like, blow through. And it, like, you know blasts into some cars and knocks him out of the way and you know the tanker along with kind of the leader of the compound in like a support car drive off um one direction while the women and children um kind of leave and go out in the compound and go another direction and they've kind of decided they're going to rendezvous at this location at this time um and they've split up to be safe 
um, to kind of draw um, you know the attack away from the from the people. Um, so you know, of course, they, all the the women and children are able to, and those all those vehicles are able to get away fine because all the bad guys obviously go after the uh, the big tanker truck. Yeah, they're more focused on the fuel, not the not the people. Yeah, and speaking of fuel, I wanted to point out it's really interesting because they do call it gasoline in this film, but basically because of their Australian accents, it sounds like they're saying guzzoline. Um, <laughs> so I think that's where in the in Mad Max Fury Road, I think that's why they call it that because it's basically like a bastardized version of saying gasoline with an Australian True. accent. It's like Gabagool versus Capicola. Basically, yeah, it's like that kind of thing, which I thought was interesting. Um, huh. So, well, then how the fuck do you explain Aquacola? I don't know. That's just water. It's just like even longer in the timeline of, you know, people renaming thing. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, some some of the bad guys stay behind and try to and go into the compound and try to like you know take over the compound because it's empty. However, they've rigged the compound to explode and it blows up. And this is that big explosion I was talking about. And it's a huge explosion. The whole compound blows up. It's really big, crazy, and cool. Me- meanwhile, um, uh, the bad guys are after Matt, after Max in the in the tanker truck. Uh, Wes, our evil Mohawk guy, is let loose by Humongous. He jumps on a car um, and is able to sh- toss a grappling hook into the cabin of the truck, which he then uses to tear the door off the tanker truck, leaving Max kind of um, with less you know defense. He's exposed. Yeah, the tanker truck which has two kind of gunner positions on the top of the truck and then kind of a thing on the very back the whole back part with the guy on it is is torn off and that guy's killed um meanwhile um uh the lady warrior who's kind of on top of the she's very much like it seems like she was definitely probably a a furiosa inspiration because it's this lady warrior who's kind of been there at the compound this whole time who is like one of the main warriors defending during all the fight scenes and stuff she gets killed and shot um the mechanic who's also on the top of the truck he gets set on fire he's able to put it out but then he's eventually he's pulled off the uh the truck and run over and he's dead so basically now the truck's defenseless it's just matt max in the cabin and the little feral kid kind of holding on to the back of the truck meanwhile the leader of the compound is kind of diverting some of the cars away um with his car and they're kind of chasing him off to the side um uh, at this point, there's a shot where uh, Max in the truck like causes this like doom, this like larger car buggy thing to flip over and crash, and then a motorcycle drives directly into that buggy, sending the rider of the motorcycle like flipping through the air like 65 feet, like flying, because you know it's like a full speed motorcycle hitting yeah. something, and the rider's just thrown off. And apparently oh, that stunt that wasn't like a stunt that was legitimately the rider of the bike getting thrown off and hurt. Uh, oh no! And they just caught it on camera. He flew like sixty five feet through the air and landed and like broke his leg really badly. Oh but, shit! But they caught it on camera. It looks really good. Uh, George Miller was there, and like I said, he's a f- he's like a trained physician, so he was able to like treat the guy's like leg Wait, injury. Oh yeah, George Miller. That's fucking how convenient. Um, but no, he wasn't like, 
it was just like he he injured his leg really bad, but it wasn't a life threatening thing, which is good. That's good. That's but good. like it's cra- it's a crazy visual when you realize that like it wasn't planned because that guy gets flung through the air when he hits that thing on the motorcycle. Um, meanwhile, uh, the um, tanker uh, plows through a through a loose a car a car the the uh, driver gets shot. Max shoots the driver with the shotgun, causing the car to, like, go, you know, wild, which then the tanker ends up just, like, driving straight, plowing through it in a really cool shot. The um, leader is continuing to hold off some of the gang in his support car. Uh, uh, Max shoots his gun through the roof because a guy jumps on the roof, and then there's another guy in the uh, on the side of the truck. He shoots he shoots one shot of the double barrel through the roof, then the other out the window, shooting both guys uh, one after the other, which is really cool. Um, I love that. He he brings the kid into the cabin so the kid's safe. Um, meanwhile, uh, Wes, our evil Mohawk guy, attacks the cabin, um, and Mac and it causes Max to lose a bunch of the shells of the shotgun. The only shells left are kind of like stuck precariously right on the front of the you know truck engine cover. Um, mm. Meanwhile, meanwhile Max is able to kind of like toss Wes, our evil bad guy, seemingly off the front of the truck, and it seems like he's dead and run over. Meanwhile, the the leader of the of the group um, kind of holding he's held off the guys and he kind of drives back over and meets up with Max in the truck and is like, you know, oh, we did it. We've done our job. We did what we needed to do. Um, and he seems kind of like triumphant when suddenly uh, Humongous from his car takes out like a giant, like three pronged, uh, like harpoon, like mm. trident thing and oh. throws it and it impales. Fucking yeah. King Neptune shit. Yeah. Real, real King Neptune shit. Uh, real Poseidon shit. Impales <laughs> impales the compound leader, uh, killing him instantly. The car drives, you know, veers off and crashes. Then, um, so it's just Max and the kid left in the in the tanker truck, um, with still, uh, you know, the villains driving behind. Um, more of the tires on the uh, tanker are shot out, so it's really uh, struggling. The gyrocopter is shot down and crashes. We don't see what happens if if the pilot survives or not. Um, Max and the Max and the kid in the in the front of the truck, they're in real danger. And uh, there's kind of one. Max really needs a bullet uh, a shell for the shotgun, so he has the kid precariously try to climb out onto the front of the truck to grab a shell that's kind of like barely oh, um, balancing on the front of the truck still. Uh, he tries to go to grab oh. the. Sh- grab uh the shell and suddenly wes our evil mohawk guy pops up um from the truck um like the front of the truck as if he was like stuck or hanging on he pops up uh and like grabs the feral child and is like shaking him and at the same time uh humongous in his car uh has like gone up front and turned around and is now with like turb like full on like gas turned on like turbo speeding towards max oh, uh, shit, yeah. he's speeding towards max uh from one direction max is going the other wes is on the or front of the truck grabbing the child it's like you know a completely dire situation and max just plows the truck right into humongous's car speeding at him basically causing a huge accident you know humongous is basically like torn apart as his car is plowed <laughs> 
plowed into oh. Wes. Wes is crushed in the crash as well. Max grabs the kid and pulls him into the cabin of the truck and like uh, holds on to him and covers him up as the entire tanker truck flips and rolls off the road. And apparently this was an actual real stunt they filmed with the tanker truck going 65 miles an hour. Oh my God. Of it crashing and rolling over multiple times. Oh shit. That's cool. And, but Max and the kids seem to be safe in the, in the cabin. The tanker crashes. And as it sits there crashing, uh, out of the uh, you know the places where you'd get the gas from, we see dirt spilling out of the tanker truck, uh, and it seems that all along, it was just it was a, a diversion. It was just a diversion. We see all the bad the bad guys are all dead now. Um, those left kind of drive off because they see that it's not worth it. The gyrocopter drives up on land, seemingly broken and not able to fly. But gyro pilot seems safe and uh, safe, and he kind of drives up and is able to save Max and the kid, pulling them out of the wreckage of the truck. They're both okay. Uh, we then get uh, the the monologue voice from the beginning comes back in and is basically like, um, the group. And you know, so, the it, real road warrior were the friends we made along the way. Yeah, uh, it says the it's like you know the group was able you know the our our group was able to successfully get to the coast and begin a new society and a new life and it hints that the uh, it says that the the gyro pilot captain became kind of their new leader. Um, it reveals that this narrator is the uh, little. It, it reveals that um, yeah, it was a diversion. The, the the real gas was like stored in the bus along with the women and children in containers. Um, and the tanker truck was just a diversion. Um, it's, uh, you know, it says that, uh, the narrator's like, um, and soon, you know, eventually I would grow into manhood and become a leader myself. And it reveals that the narrator is actually the little feral child. Oh, nice. He's like, you know, I went with my people and helped start a new society. However, the road warrior, we never saw him again. Uh, a shadow, a uh, uh, you know, mythic figure of the road, of the wasteland, uh, as Max kind of stands heroically uh, in a shot, you know, against the backdrop of the wasteland with his shotgun in hand. Uh, nice. And roll credits. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again So there's still one more before Fury Road. Like, Thunderdome is still right. Yeah. Like, that's after this one? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. that's Mad Max the Road Warrior. That sounds very entertaining. I know I would love it. Like, I just know that. I know, because I love Fury Road so much. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I, I just need to watch the originals, damn it. So, yeah, you think you think you would like Road Warrior, Austin? Oh, yeah. I'm sure I would. Yeah, I like, definitely think you would, too. Uh, I think it... I, I don't know if you could tell, but to me, anyway, it seems very much almost like a... Uh, in many ways, it feels like Fury Road's almost like a uh, retelling of plot wise of road warrior yeah like it could it, it feels like that or like it's or fear road's like it's spiritual successor definitely uh yeah it's like a movie about a tanker truck barreling through the desert while being pursued by 
like terrifying bad guys and a dude wearing a mask. Yeah, this definitely feels like a blueprint for uh, a lot of Fury Road. Um, it definitely seems like this, um, you know, Fury Road was kind of George Miller almost remaking uh, Road Warrior. Um, With like better budget and yeah, technology. just like even even pushing it even further. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really yeah, it's very much you know the movie's basically like you know Max goes to the compound, Max leaves the compound and has to get back to the compound. Then Max leaves again and comes back and then finally leaves again. So it's like just back and forth uh so yeah much, a lot much like out for justice where he's just back and forth a lot so a lot of it is just max either being chased or trying to get to the compound uh so very much in that constant chase style of mad max I respect uh, that. but yeah just really cool you know and it's fun just seeing because like you know it's older so like you know it's very much like you know even even compared to fury road which is all still practical stuff this is this feels even more gritty because it's you know the 80s and it's like there's absolutely no you know like touch-ups or anything it's all purely yeah it's just how it was filmed it's all it's all on set actual stunts and then editing uh so like yeah it's just it's a lot of fun um the the world building and like costume design is great um yeah I don't know it's just like it's it's exactly if you've never seen it, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. But, like, I mean that in the best way possible. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I feel like if you, if someone, like, tried to, dis- like, if you were, like, hey, someone who's never seen a Mad Max movie had to describe it, it's like, this is exactly what it would be like, but, like, doing everything absolutely as good as it can be. Um, I do like the idea that, like, as soon as like society collapses, like the predominant like aesthetic is gonna be like weird like BDSM like gay like BDSM oh, I'm here like for weirdness. That. It's like the, the uh, cultural norms are the only thing holding everyone back from just being like a sadomasochist like weirdo and leather riding around on motorcycles in the desert. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like the, that's best case scenario. Like that's what that's what I would hope would yeah. happen you know yeah me too it would be funny if during this whole gas crisis thing what if people just started like dressing and acting like that yeah just like more leather like leather sales were going crazy and shit yeah leather leather through the roof <laughs> oh man i love just like the world building of mad max is so weird and unique yeah like i love it like all the just it's just such a ridiculous universe overall that like takes itself exactly as seriously as it needs to Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good stuff. Good job, George Miller. Good job, George Miller, and in Happy Feet, good job. Yeah, good job on that too, and Babe, and Babe Pig in the scene. Of course, that'll do, Pig. That'll do. Not much, not much like uh, thematic wise, I guess to talk about. With it's very much, it's I. This one's very much specifically like using like the whole hero's journey like outline. Um, yeah, very yeah. much with like Max's arc in this film. Um, of him, you know, like deciding to help and all that, uh, which is interesting. But like, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, and its themes of like, you know, helping people uh, is good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like just be selfless. Not a lot else to uh, to to you know really read into it. It's a very on its sleeve movie. Um, yeah, which, it's not it's not pretending to be anything. It's not. That's okay. Um, in my book. Absolutely. When you got action this good, it's okay if you know it's pretty straightforward. Doesn't need to be a whole lot more in my book. It's okay if it's kind of uh, 
you know, pretty straightforward in its themes. So yeah, that's uh, that's Mad Max Two: The Road Warrior. Uh, yeah, definitely, I have it on Blu-ray, so we should watch it sometime. The original Absolutely. was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it still is. The original is different because it's like it's the original is definitely like the weirdest, at least out of the three that I've seen. This one, I mean, one this of the one main characters fe- is named Toe Cutter. I can't imagine it, it wouldn't be. Well, it's just weirder because it's very much like it, it feels more like a regular movie, and that like oh really? It's like you know, it's pre-apocalypse. It's pre. Mm, it's okay. like on the it's society on the fringes of collapse, which is I feel like a thing you don't see that much. So it's weird. You don't just see yeah after the apocalypse. You don't see amidst the apocalypse, which it very much is. Um, and so it's just interesting because Max is much more. He's much less mythical in that film as he is in this one in Fury Road where he's kind of this, you know. He's the road warrior. Yeah. He, in that one, he's very much like just a guy and these are things happening to him. So, it's, so it's, it feels very different, but it's still really interesting and good um, for what it is. It's just um, it's just different. So, you know, definitely check that one out too. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, if I'm going to watch Road Warrior, I'm probably going to watch Mad Max first. Yeah. I would, I would say that's probably a good idea. It definitely helps. It helps you, like, you know, it helps you, uh, you know, kind of your interest in the character goes up because you understand the backstory, kind of. Yeah. And, like, like kind of who Max is, where he comes from, which is good. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was Mad Max, The Road Warrior. Oh, um, yeah, it was. This is, now we're in the, the ending segment of the show. Uh, I, I felt like I, I can't remember what it was, but I definitely had a bit in my mind, like, uh, earlier this afternoon of like, oh, that would be a funny thing to do on the podcast. But now I, sh- I sure as fuck can't remember it. I guess it wasn't that good, huh? Yeah. Uh, you got, you got any, got any good bits you want to do, Austin? Uh, no, I don't have any, uh, uh, comedic bits, but I, I do have a little thing to plug. Oh, plug away. Plug me uh, up. I'll plug you right in. Um, so I'm in a, I'm in a, a little, little hardcore band oh. and, uh, we're playing a show in Columbia, South Carolina tomorrow night. Oh but yeah. Tomorrow of the day. If Thir- today's Wednesday, today is Wednesday, then Wednesday. Thursday, the 20th at the new Brooklyn Tavern. Uh, we're playing, we're called Headwake. We're also on Spotify. We have one EP. Yeah. Fall. Listen to them on uh, Spotify. Check, check us out. We uh, we suck. <laughs> and if you're so yeah, if you're in the South Carolina, if you're in South Carolina or the Columbia, South Carolina area specifically, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow Thursday, the twentieth of May. Yeah. At what was it again? The new. New Brookland Tavern. New Brookland Tavern in Columbia. What time? What time are you guys playing? We go on at nine fifteen. The show starts at seven overall. So yeah, I I, I will be there too. So ten dollars at the door. So all you big explain to Austin fans, if you want to see Peyton and Austin, we can have a meetup the at yeah, the we'll show. Have a well, I'll buy you a beer. So just find or us. another beverage if you're not of age. Yeah. So come if you want, and you're hearing this, and it's before then. Uh, you know what I? You know what I? I just thought I would do. You know hmm. what I haven't done on the podcast that I feel like I feel like it's a good bit. Yeah, tell me. You know my my Jimmy Stewart impression. Oh, I love your Jimmy Stewart. Are I you sure my... you haven't done that on the podcast? Not on this, no. Did and... we not talk about Jimmy Stewart at some point on the show? I swear we haven't done a Jim... my Jimmy Stewart impression. Okay. 
When do would it. we have done it? I don't know. Maybe we did. Now you have me fucking doubting myself. Look, I don't know anything. If we did it, I have no memory of it whatsoever. Well, then basically we didn't do it. Yeah, if if I can't remember it, then it didn't happen. Uh, that's how that's how that works. So that's uh, how it works. It's called object permanence, baby. So uh, what? Name something really like inappropriate or or stupid to have Jimmy Stewart talk about. I want to hear Jimmy Stewart's take on sounding. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> So so you be like the you be like an interviewer and I'll be Jimmy Stewart and you like ask me questions. So, uh, so th- thanks thanks for having me here, uh, yeah, Austin. Uh, I'm I'm gl- glad glad to be here. Uh, so what's this what's this interview about? So Jimmy, we uh you know we've been we've been interviewing celebrities on yeah. uh, their their kinks. Well, uh, um, what now? A, a kink like when you're like, uh, when you have a rope and you get a knot no, in no, it. No 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 no. You might be a little confused, but um. It's like uh, taboo sexual preferences. Oh, oh now in my so day we specifically w- we want to talk about urethral sounding. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now I I'm just uh I'm just an everyman actor. I sure. don't know much about. I'm not a doctor and I don't know much about anatomy. That's fine. You uh, your urethral sounding now. Uh, if unless I'm mistaken, the the urethral that's the uh that's the hole on the penis, right? It is, and so sounding, sounding like is, uh, you put your ear up to it or something. You hear no, what it sounds you, like. In, uh, you insert objects into it, yeah. <laughs> like rods. Into the into the hole on the penis. Yes. Yep, into that one. Like, like in a, and out a rod. Sure. How? And it fits. Yeah, you work. You start small. This sounds horribly painful. I agree, Jimmy. Glad we're on the same page. Now, people do this and it... For pleasure, it yep. Gets them off? It does. God damn. What are we coming to in these times? Back in my day, you just took a girl out to the sock hop, and then you took her home, gave her a kiss on the cheek before you said goodnight. Well, Jimmy, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for coming. You tonight. stick the rod in their cock. Thank you so much, in everyone. Their uh, dick. Have a wonderful night. The, the, uh, we will see you all next week. Is there blood? Thank you so much. I think it's time we stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down.